0: thank you for all that you have done in the past. We thank you for all that you do today. And Lord, we thank you for what you have yet to do in the future. Lord, even this day, even this service, Father Lord, you do a mighty work in this service this morning. We give you praise and great glory for all that you've done and all that you're going to do, Father Lord. And it's our prayer today for someone here that's never trusted Lord, they never really meant the Savior, Lord. That today would be the day, that day of salvation, Lord, they are, Father, Lord. that they would come to know you, Jesus, as the Savior, but as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, that you would touch every heart, you would touch every life here today, God. That we would all, like I always say, draw a circle around ourselves, Lord, and allow the word of God to penetrate and invade the territory of our hearts, God. And Lord, that we would hear your voice, your still small voice, loudly through the spoken word of God this morning. That you would touch us, Lord, as only you can. Father, Lord, I can't save the souls. Lord, all I can do is preach the message of the word. Lord, it's your word that has the power to change people's lives. We know that faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Lord, help us to hear your word this morning. Lord, let this season of Christmas time, Lord, be a special season for us this year. Lord, do miracles in our families and our lives and our kids and our grandkids and great grandkids. Touch and those that don't know You as Savior, Lord, let them come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. Father, we give You praise and glory for all that You've done and all that You're going to be doing. Father, we just give You praise for it all in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Hey, we're going to be in Matthew today, chapter 1. So you may want to turn there as we get there. You know, last week we started, we took a break of Selah from our book of Revelation. If you weren't here last week, so for the month of December, we're going to, uh, am I turned on here soon? Yep. Anyway, the whole month of December, we're going to be talking about the nativity. Right? Those of you who came to the movie on Friday, you saw the nativity. What not that glorious? What a glorious message. I love the way Dr. Jeremiah put it as he broke it down. This is what we're doing on Sunday mornings. We're breaking it down just so that you can understand why the nativity had to take place. And I want to submit to you that the nativity was a very, very important part of the message from God. It's a gift from God, given to the world every one of us who believe. Amen? And so I trust that you believe and you have trusted Jesus the Savior. If you're still trying to check it out, just go ahead and check it out and let the Spirit of God speak to you, you know. Like I said, I'm a preacher. I can't save anybody. I can't save not one person. But I can share His story through my story, through the Word of God and maybe you hear it and let God just speak to your heart and then just surrender to Him and as He
1: deals with your heart. Man, do something about it. Don't no sit there. Listen, the Holy
0: Spirit will deal with your heart, and he wants you to say, yes. He wants you to say, come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden. He says, and I will give you what? I'll give you rest of your soul for your whole life, for this whole life. And listen, more importantly, then you get to spend time with him one-on-one in heaven, right? In a glorious place that God has prepared, not with human hands, but with the hands of a God who loves you and sent his son to die for you. Amen. it's so important for us to do that so if you remember last week when we talked about we had the question of, of why Jesus became a man y'all remember that last week if you weren't here I'll just recap a little bit there were like four reasons here actually five reasons of why Jesus became a man that we talked about and the first of all to satisfy all the prophecies of the Old Testament you know there are 300 or more prophecies in the Old Testament. Dealing with Christ and they were all fulfilled. They're all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing for the Old Testament. Things that were written a thousand years before Jesus was ever even born. The second thing we're talking about to show us the Father. Well, that Jesus came to show us the Father. Remember what Jesus said. He says, I and the Father are what? One. One. So he showed when you see Jesus, you see the Father. Amen. Amen? What a wonderful, wonderful thing it is. And then the third thing was to save us from our sins. Amen? Right? If you're saved from your sins, man, that's a reason to shout hallelujah, right? Thank the Lord for what you're doing, what he's done for you, right? And then the fourth thing was to sympathize with our weaknesses. Amen? Do we have weaknesses? We know, just like the disciples in the Garden of Eden, when Jesus was praying, right? And they couldn't even stay awake for one stinking hour, right? One little hour or they couldn't stay awake. And, uh, and, and, and Jesus told to said, yeah, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We have weak flesh. This is why we need to be in His Word today. This is why we need to meditate on Him. We need to pray to Him. We need to talk to Him. We need to be in the house to worship together, in our Bible studies together. We need to come together. We need to serve others together. We need to do that. And we need to spend as much time as we can with the Lord. You better get
1: used to it. We're going to be with the Lord forever and eternity. That's right. right. Amen.
0: Lastly, we talked about to secure our hope in heaven. Jesus secured our hope in heaven. He secures it if we would just believe in the death on the cross and the blood that was shed for us. Right? The Bible says He seals us until the day of what? In, in redemption. That's the day that He
1: calls us all home. Amen. He calls. He's going to call us home. We all have an appointment, right? We have an appointment. We're not going to miss it. Amen. No. We don't have to worry about it.
0: That appointment is left up to God. And when you're going to be in His presence. And then he said, then comes the judgment, right? And oh yes, if we're Christians, we're going to be judged too yes, right. for the rewards of what we did as a Christian or not do as a Christian. So it's important for us to be ready to make sure that we know that secure we are secure in heaven because of all that Jesus did and has done in the past and what he did us today Father. So we just thank the Lord for that. So today, though, we're going to do something a little bit different out of Matthew chapter 1. Listen, this story is really about how God uses ordinary people. Think about this. He uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. You know any people who are like ordinary people do extraordinary things? It's pretty amazing, right? It's pretty amazing what God does. Many young people today grow up dreaming to be someone with status in the world, Right? They, they think about it, hey, they, they want to be well known or they want to be famous, amen? You ever hear kids talk about, I want to do this I want to be that, I want to do this and that, right? Many of them. Think about your own life growing up, all right? Think about your own life growing up. Did you ever dream, I mean, did any of you have a dream as a child of what you wanted to do, be, or, or whatever, right? Amen. I know I did. I did too, man. Did you ever think about what you would wanted to be or do? Well, I remember growing up as a kid. I wanted to be just like my king, Richard Petty. <laughs> Richard Petty was my king, right? So Richard Petty, I would, I would watch number 43 go around that racetrack, and I said, well, I just want to be like Richard Petty. And, and, and I thought, you know, that would be awesome. That's a dream, you know? And a lot of people say if you, if you can dream it, you can do it, right? And so I think it's just fucking there somewhere. In God's perfect will, though, that is. And so, you know, but listen, I realized that, you know what? Back then, I should have wanted Jesus to be my king, you know, instead of Richard Petty. But still, I think it would be kind of fun to go around a racetrack at 200 miles an hour and see what it's like. I've never Woo! done that. I've never done that. I've been in airplanes that went pretty fast, but
1: I've never been in a car going that fast. But but maybe maybe, maybe you dream to be maybe
0: president or an astronaut or maybe a teacher, right, who would just flat love their kids. Think about that. Right, Rob? Yeah, I, I that right, whatever the case, we all want to be somebody special, amen. We all want to be somebody special. Let me tell you today, you are somebody special. Amen. You know, God doesn't create any job. That's right. You hear me? God created you on purpose. That's right. He created you on purpose. Why? Because you matter. You matter to God, you matter to me, you guys matter to this congregation. You matter. And so because you matter, God created you because you matter. He came to earth and he hung on a cross because you matter. He didn't want you to be separated from God for all eternity. He wanted you to be in close and intimate relationship with him. The father and the only way that he could do it was by dying on a cross. The perfect, unblemished lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. All of our sins in this room. And then some, right? He did that for you. He did that for me. So, however, back in the first century, men were not looking for status. I want you to know that. Back in the first century, they weren't looking for status to be famous, but what was important to them was to have a very good name. You hear me? Their character was much more significant to them than like we are today wanting to be a famous person or an idol icon or something, whatever. Listen, their character was important, and we know that. To have a good reputation or character, a good name was everything. We can see in the Scripture, in the Song of Solomon, listen, perfume and character go hand in hand. Remember the Shulamite woman in the Song of Solomon? And she talked about your name is like sweet perfume. And what she was telling the, the man, Solomon, what she was saying, that, hey, your character is above reproach. Now, we all know how Solomon ended his life, Right? But she saw in him a character, integrity, wisdom, like no other person at that time. And so character was very important to the people back then.
1: There was a decision.
0: Joseph, whom we will be talking about today, had to make some very difficult decisions or choices concerning Mary. Their child now and the rest of their lives, tough tough decisions Joseph had to make. In fact, Joseph would have to really trust in God for this event that's about to take place that we're fixing to celebrate, right? To exercise extreme faith in God alone for every decision he would ever have to make. Joseph would have to trust God with everything as a very young man, probably more of a boy than a man. Think about that. Dr. David Jeremiah called him the forgotten man. Think about this. Joseph in the Bible doesn't say much. In fact, he is not recorded as saying a word in the scriptures. This, I believe, is one reason he is called the forgotten man of the Bible. We don't know much about him, but what we do know is that for him to take on this tremendous responsibility, listen, he had to be very faithful to God. That's right. He had to be extremely faithful to God in spite of the series of circumstances that he was going we will find Joseph was spoken to and spoken about throughout the story. You know, Joseph had the potential to be a king for Israel. All based on, his, on, on, on his, his, his line, his family line. All based on his genealogy. I want you to think about this. There are three divisions in the, in the, in, in the, the, the genealogy as written in the Gospel of Matthew concerning Joseph and Jesus. You know that? So we look at number one, genealogy from Abraham to David was written in Matthew 1, verses 1 through 6. You can probably write that down. 1 through 6, Matthew. That's Abraham to David. And then the genealogy from, listen, from Solomon to the Babylonian captivity is Matthew 1, 7 through verse 11. 7 through verse 11. And then number three, the genealogy from Babylon's captivity to Joseph the carpenter, Matthew 1, 12 through 17. Three little segments there. The book of Genesis also, listen, is a book about families. As they are important in the Old Testament, they are equally important in the New Testament, like here in Matthew, as we read today. If you don't understand the importance of these genealogies as you read them, you will be bored. Hear me? Right? How many of you, when you come to the genealogies, just skip over them? Anybody ever just skip over them? Amen? Be honest, come on to your church. Right?
1: Hey, I I have, I've skipped over them, not realizing the importance of the genealogies,
0: right? So listen, the New Testament rests upon the accuracy of the genealogy because it establishes, listen, the truth that the Lord Jesus Christ is of the line of Abraham through Joseph and of the line of David through Mary. And a lot of people don't realize this. As Joseph's lineage is written in Matthew, Mary's lineage is, is in Luke. Right? And we see the physical life through Mary, but we see, listen, the kingly, the, the kingly life, the throne through Joseph himself. Both are important to the scriptures and to the authenticity of who Jesus is. And here's how: the line of Abraham, Joseph line in Matthew, gospel, places Jesus legally on the throne. Legally on the throne through Joseph. You see, Joseph was a potential king of the nation. He didn't even know it. The line of David, though, Mary's line in Luke places not legal authority, but the racial purity of Jesus, the physical line. That's why there's two different lineages in the Scriptures in the New Testament. Legitimate claims from the Israelites come through. Listen, these two lineages in the New Testament to legitimize their claims to a particular tribe. You find evidence of this in the book of Ezra, chapter 2, verse 62. You might want to write that down and look at it later. Ezra chapter 2, verse 62 is a great example of that. Your name had to be on the roll. And if your name wasn't on the roll, guess what happened? <laughs> you were excluded from everything. You were excluded. So your name in the tribes of Israel, your name had to be there you would be excluded. And listen to me, church. If your name is not on the roll, come the on. The land book of life, <laughs> right. you're going to be excluded. Right. Amen. So don't leave here today. Unless your name is on the road. And you know Jesus is Savior. Make sure your name is on that heavenly road. The book of life. Amen. Do that. So Joseph is here in this story. And not long later he disappears from the narrative. We know after Jesus is uh, 12 years old. He disappears because they come back. They go for three days. They wander off for three days. And where's Jesus? He's nowhere to be found. So mom and dad, they go back to Jerusalem. Where do they find him? They find him in the temple teaching teaching the Pharisees and the priests and the people there, right? And so here's Jesus. So so after that, that's where you see Joseph. After that time, you don't see Joseph anymore in the Scriptures. He kind of he goes off, right? We know this man, Joseph, was a carpenter. They're, they were poor. Uh, in fact, Mary would bring two turtle doves for sacrificing, right? He was a simple man doing simple things. So he would pursue his career, keeping his good name in the community, following God's statutes, taking care of his family. Just like most of us, right? Just like most of us, ordinary folks, right? In Jewish culture, it was the groom who was the centerpiece of the wedding. Did you know that? Today, it all surrounds the bride, right? And It's all about the bride. It's all about the bride. In Jewish, though, in the Jewish culture, it's all about the groom. All about the groom. That's interesting, right? Who's our groom? Jesus. Okay. Who's the bride? Church. We are. We are the bride of Christ, right? That's why I always would tell, I did some weddings here a couple months ago, and I always would tell, even my students when I was doing student ministry, I tell, tell the boys, I said, listen, before you can, listen, before you become a groom, you got to first be a bride. Okay. That's important. And we don't tell, teach our kids that. Before I listen, girls, before you meet a man, you better be a bride of Christ. First. Amen. Amen. And let that sink in. Don't 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 settle for for less than God's very best. Amen. And God has the best for all of us all the time. He does. It was a simple life, and he he lived an organized, and constructed life, right? And so and so and so. But this angel named Gabriel shows up and puts a wrench in Joseph's plan. Think about this for a minute Here's a young man, young boy, right? Betrothed to marry, got his, got his future in order as a carpenter and to do all these things and how established establish a family and everything. And then all of a sudden this angel, Gabriel, shows up and puts a wrench in Joseph's plan, Especially listen, especially after 400 years of silence. Let's not forget that. For 400 years, there was nothing from God to anybody on the planet. 400 years of silence between Malachi and Matthew. Very solid years. Think about it. You know, they, they always say that we're always one generation, one generation away from paganism. Think about 400 years of silence from heaven. Nobody talking to God's not talking to anybody. Four, that's like four generations. But yet the Jewish people, they had the Old Testament. They had the Scriptures. And did they adhere to him? Probably the best that they understood. And some of them corrupted him, right? And we know that to be
1: true. But it's an amazing thing this angel comes to Mary, not to Joseph,
0: to tell her the most amazing, yet bizarre thing that would ever happen that we would think, consider bizarre. The world would think it's bizarre, right? That she would conceive by the Holy Spirit and bear a son who will be called the Messiah, the anointed one. Amen? It's very good. So Mary leaves town abruptly. She just leaves town and goes to Elizabeth, her relative's house, right, and doesn't tell Joseph about her visitation by this angel named Gabriel. She doesn't tell him what's happening. So let's look at the story here in Luke 139 about Mary. Now at the time, at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry. See, she was in a hurry to the hill country, to the city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias, and she greeted Elizabeth. Now look what Elizabeth, listen, Mary mother had to say. Look what she had to say in verse 42. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And look at verse 45. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Can you imagine all that Mary was going through here? Now we we turn to Joseph in Matthew, right? And look at section one, if you have your note sheets. Number one, Joseph has a discovery of Mary's baby. Has a discovery of Mary's baby. In Matthew 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be the child by the Holy Spirit. Okay, for Joseph, this is huge and extremely problematic for Joseph. They're betrothed. They're engaged to be married. They have not had relations, right? I can't even imagine the feelings going through this young man's head and heart. Can you? Like what in the world happened here? Joseph is betrothed. They're engaged to marry, which means they have no sexual relations. Then Mary shows back up three months pregnant. What? I I can't even imagine how he felt. Which leads to number two, right? Joseph's dilemma over Mary's baby. Joseph's dilemma over Mary's baby. Look at verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, listen to this, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her because he loved her, planned to send her away secretly. Let's think about it for a minute. Joseph's having things... Wildly going through his mind, I imagine could not believe what was happening. Was Mary unfaithful to him? Maybe Mary was raped. Think about this. What in the world happened? So Joseph contemplates putting her away secretly or discreetly by issuing a divorce. At the same time, Joseph had known Mary all of her life. He knew that she was a godly woman, that she would not have been unfaithful to him. She knew. He knew her. He knew all about her. Certainly, had she been raped, she would have let him know what had happened. Right? And the last option is that Mary had been chosen by God to give birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Joseph being a firm believer and follower of God, I'm sure, thought through this scenario. He had to think through it. For he was a devout man of God, following the letter of the law. Surely he thought that Mary would not do something so rash to jeopardize their (coughs) betrothal. Certainly. Surely Joseph knew the scriptures about the coming of the Anointed One, the Messiah. Also that Messiah would be born in the house of David. Or so Joseph, listen, Joseph's dilemma. What could he possibly do? If he did not divorce her, he would be guilty of not following the letter of the law of Moses. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy 22, what he must do. It says, if there is a girl who is a virgin engaged to a man, and another man finds her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of that city, and you shall stone them to death. The girl, because she did not cry out in the city, and the man, because he has violated his neighbor's wife, thus you shall purge the evil from among you. So Joseph had some choices, didn't he? I don't believe Joseph wanted to deal with the love of his wife publicly, but quietly. He loved her. Think about the position as one who respected and loved God. He wasn't sure what to really do. And I'm sure Joseph, being a godly man, he was going to do things the way God would expect. And this was a tall order for sure. Joseph was willing to part. With the woman that he loves, since knowing her as a child, he knew she was, she was a godly woman and Joseph was a righteous man. And then Joseph finally gets an answer in a dream. Amen. Amen? He finally gets an answer. So we go from discovery to dilemma to number three, Joseph's dream about Mary's baby. How many have dreams? You ever had dreams? Hopefully you have good ones, right? The other ones are nightmares. You don't like them, right? <laughs> But here's a dream. Joseph has a dream. God knows how to speak to a hearts, right? God still speaks. Amen. Even in dreams.
1: Amen.
0: Matthew 1.20. Listen to what he says. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the what? The Holy Spirit. Now can you imagine how Joseph felt? What an answer to his dilemma. What a divine proclamation is given to him here. So in his sleep, he has a vision in his dream. So we see God's prophecy is being fulfilled in this very scripture right here in the New Testament from Isaiah. We see it. Fulfilled right here into Joseph's life. When the angel says Joseph, son of David, God's prophecy is being fulfilled. The lineage of David was being fulfilled in divine providence in Joseph's life. Even though Joseph was not Jesus' physical father, by marriage to Mary, he would give <coughs> Jesus his legal status because he was of the house of the lineage of David. And we see all that in Luke chapter 2, chapter 3 of Luke. In fact, in Luke 2.4, it says that Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the family of David. So he knew who he was. So the angel will encourage Joseph to not be afraid to take Mary as his wife, because the baby is conceived by what? The Holy Spirit. She was a virgin through and through. And the Holy Spirit of God comes upon her. Now the light really comes on and Joseph sees what is happening. Can you imagine? It's a good thing they were very young. I believe if it was our age, we probably wouldn't survive yeah. <laughs> I thought about that. I
1: often admit all that's going on in their
0: life. It's a good thing. Look at verse 21 of Matthew. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from all their their sins. We see here Joseph instructed to call his name Jesus. (coughs) Think about this. Jesus, listen, is a Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Yahweh saves.
1: That's what his name means. Yahweh saves. Amen. The
0: angel explained that Jesus' name revealed his purpose. That he would rescue sinners from the punishment we all deserve. Amen? Amen. We all deserve it. This salvation would be experienced by his people. Identified as those who. And this is vitally important. Those who follow Jesus. Are you a follower of Jesus? Do you not only know Jesus. Or do you just know about Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Does Jesus know you? Are you a follower? Do you follow in his footsteps? In other words, are you listening to the voice? Are you reading his word? Is he telling you, giving you instructions of what to do from moment to moment, day by day as you carry conduct your life? It's important to follow Jesus. That's what makes us a real disciple. That word disciple means a close follower of Jesus. In other words, you're like breathing down his neck, walking in his very footsteps. That's what that term disciple is all about. How many of you are following in the footsteps of Jesus today? We need to examine ourselves. Make sure we're found in the faith. Make sure that we're saved. Make sure that we know Jesus truly. Or we're not just playing head games. Knowing deeply, knowing intimately in your heart and in your life. You've got to follow Jesus. The true believers follow Jesus. They just don't give lip service. They do what Jesus commands. Amen?
1: Amen. If you don't do
0: what Jesus commands... You can't say you're a follower of Jesus. I'm not saying we
1: don't mess up every now and then.
0: Lord knows I mess up. But I also confess my mess ups to the Lord too. He forgives me. He's faithful and just, 1 John 1, 9. And I thank the Lord for that. Joseph also shows his obedience to God by naming him Jesus as we will see in verse 25. Now for the big reveal, you ready? Here's the big reveal, verse 23. Listen. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. What? Think about Joseph. What? <laughs> Can you imagine the angels revealing this to him? He's like, man, I'm having a nightmare. <laughs> right? No, man. Like what? Think about that. We see the prophecy from 700 years prior in the Book of Isaiah 7. Listen, being fulfilled right here, right before Joseph's very eyes in his dream. Notice in the verse it says, Behold, the virgin, not a virgin, will be with child. God is very specific. It's Mary, pointing directly to Mary. Behold, the virgin, Mary, the virgin, not a virgin. God is specific, amen? And he specifically calls you out. Each one of us. That's right, brother. He called me out. He called you out. You've got to receive it. You've got to open your heart up and say, okay, Lord, I'm coming to you. You've got to do it. Very specific wonderment to make sense. Both Matthew and Isaiah point this out. Now we have Joseph's decision. Look at number four. Number four, Joseph's decision about Mary's baby. A decision has to be made. In Matthew 1, 24 and 25, and Joseph awoke from his sleep. Probably sweating bullets. I don't know. Yeah. And did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, I don't think I would do exactly what that angel told me, wouldn't you? Right. Listen, let me tell you. If you saw an angel show up right now in this room, you'd make a new door. <laughs> I believe that with all my heart. <laughs> it's going to fall on your face. So maybe I would stand up and be going, I don't know. Can you imagine what these people are experiencing? Listen. This happened. This is a real deal. This This isn't a myth. This isn't history. This isn't a fairy tale. This really happened. We have the eyewitnesses who have written these scriptures. They were with him. The beauty of the New Testament is they're written by eyewitness accounts of people who walked with Jesus, who talked with Jesus, who ate with Jesus? Who lived on. for Jesus? Listen, listen, they loved Jesus. They slept down there next to him on the ground. We had no place to lay his head. And they were there when he, when he fed the 25,000 people. Of course, it says five in the book, but in counting the women and children, we're thinking about 15 to 25,000 people. He feeds them with two loaves, or five loaves of two fishes. That's right. A boy's lunch bag. He, he multiplies in the feeds. 20,000 people. How amazing. Tell me they didn't know that he was God incarnate in the flesh. I believe I would get my affairs in order, you would think. But we know what the disciples did. They had a hard time believing in spite of that. How hard time do we have believing? You know? Joseph awoke from his sleep, and his angel Lord commanded him, took Mary's wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. Amen, Joseph. And he called his name Jesus. He called his name Jesus. Max Vicada says this. Here we have Joseph caught between what God says and what makes sense. You ever been caught between that? What God says and what makes you think logical sense? God has a way of testing our faithfulness to Him, That's right. and if we're never put in a position of trusting in Him, God helps.
1: Amen. We Amen. must have faith in Jesus. Amen. Absolutely. When that money
0: don't come in that you need to pay your rent, we must exercise faith in Almighty God, who knows your situation. I said it a thousand times: nothing ever occurs to God. Ever. Nothing ever occurs to him. He knows where you're at, know what you're going through. He knows the outcome already. Preach it. He's just looking for your obedience to him. He's looking for your trust. It's a must for him. Quit living on the edge of the ledge. You know, some people, they live like this all their life. They're on the edge of the ledge and they're just about to fall off and they just want to follow that ledge for whatever reason, because it feels good or it's fine or it's, It's uh, some kind of whatever inside of you, excitement or whatever. Don't live on the edge of the ledge. Trust in the must. Trust the Lord with all your heart.
1: Amen. Let God
0: lead you. Let God guide you. That's where, even in church, we don't get it. God is our leader. When God tells us to do things, listen, when God has different programs and different things that are going on here, listen, our heartbeat is to reach the masses for Jesus. Our neighborhood out here needs to be reached for Jesus. And listen, and when you're not here, it's hard for you to be involved in the ministries that we do here to reach the masses for Jesus. Man, we're preaching revelation, and our hearts should be so burdened. You're like, Pastor, what can I do next? What can we do? What's the next thing? What's the next agenda on the list? How can we reach these people who are lost? Because I don't want to see them go through the tribulation period. In fact, I don't want to see them get cast in the lake all eternity. So what are we doing? Church, what are we doing? What's the church doing today?
1: I love Bible studies.
0: But you can be Bible studied to death. That's right. That's You hear me? You go from this Bible study to that Bible study to that Bible study. I'm not knocking Bible study. I love Bible study. It's good for us. But what's not good is when you study the Bible, and you don't apply it to your life and reach out to touch other people's lives. It's got to be an action. It's got to be a response. It's got to be an application. Right Jesus right. explained, listen, the scripture he gives it to us, he explains to us what we're supposed to do. And when he explains to us what we're supposed to do, listen, listen. now we've got to apply it to our heart, to our mind. How do we apply it? By taking it in, by meditating on it, by saying, yes, Jesus, I hear you, Jesus. I'm going to do it, Jesus. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to sensitive to the spirit's drawing of you. Amen. Amen. And then you're going to respond. Once you apply it, then you're going to respond. You're going to be going out here like, what's going on? <laughs> we got to talk to first, right? Amen.
1: We've all seen people that get
0: saved, radically saved. And we see them, man, man, they're ready. No cliche, Jake, charge hell with a water pistol, right? They're ready to go out there and do it. Right? Get them, get them. And all of a sudden they cool off. Why? Come on. Stay close to Jesus. We're living in a time. If you're not close to Jesus, listen, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to, you're going to be strong. It's people's People and so You're going to believe a lie. Instead of believing the truth. Joseph did not allow confusion to rock his obedience to God. You hear me? Joseph didn't allow confusion. Tell me that wasn't confusing to him. Extremely. More confusing than anything we've ever probably experienced. But he didn't allow that to change his obedience to the Holy God. Amen. He remained faithful. Joseph did not know all what was going on, entirely, but he remained faithful for the moment, doing the next Right thing. Whatever God said, Joseph did. And that's what we have to do. Whatever God says, we do the next right thing. The next right thing. The next right thing. And don't let your mind wander off into all the garbage and enticements of the world. This it's there. Whether it's from family, friends, material things, job, whatever it may be, it's all there to distract you from the things of God. Whenever we ever going to learn to just do the next right thing with questioning. God's word explicitly tells us to do or justify some sin in our life that we shouldn't be doing. You can't justify it, sin. The only thing sin does is destroy you. It keeps you from hearing the voice of God. It keeps you from doing the will of God. Sin, God abhors it. He doesn't look upon it. Why do you think Jesus died on that cross? When Jesus died on that cross, what do you think he prayed in the garden? Father, not my will, but thine be done. Why do you think? And here the Psalms are sleeping and he's crying out his heart. His sweat became like drops of blood. You hear me? He sweats like drops of blood because listen, he knew he had to take on the sin of all the world from time past to present to future. Every single person's sin he took on his lonely body. And he did that for you, Rene. And he did that because he loves you that much. He was going to go to the cross and let his heavenly father turn his head away from him begotten son because he was filled full of filthy sin. All our sin. That's why he didn't want to be alone. He didn't want to face that. But he did it because of his abundant, gracious love for you and for me. You see, God being sovereign carried everything out, even to the very minutest, smallest detail. Because that's what he does. Jesus' purity had to be protected to be the sacrifice for all of our sin. Jesus had to be the Son of God and not the son Joseph. Listen, play out so beautifully in Matthew's Gospel. Look back at Matthew, look at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be what? With child by the Holy Spirit. Joseph is not the father. He knows that. And over and over and over again, you see it in the Scriptures. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. People will say, that's impossible for a person not to God. Nothing is impossible yeah. with God. Yeah. There's nothing impossible with God. Nothing. Except so he can't sin. I <laughs> a right, pastor, friend of mine, he was preaching that. Nothing. God can do anything. So a little boy came up to him after he said, Pastor, I know one thing God can't do. He said, What's that, young man? He said, I can't stand.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> he stood correct. Yeah, you're right, boy. You Isn't <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that awesome, man? <laughs>
0: <clears throat> With child by the host verse 20. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Tell your friends, it's a virgin birth. Every time it's a virgin birth. Verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, small, bear a son. They shall call me Emmanuel, which is God with us. Matthew 25, listen to verse 25. It says, But kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. Virgin birth is vital to all of this. <coughs> Jesus had to understand, my by the Lord. I'm going to share something with you next week. We we'll talking about marriage. Probably blow your mind to think about. It. So Jesus was the son, listen, of Almighty God. He's the son of Almighty God. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, the chosen, adopted the father of Jesus, the Savior. What a tremendous honor and role to fulfill in God's great plan. Amen. It is. But the question still learning. But why Joseph? Why did God pick Joseph? Why did he pick Joseph? I'll tell you why. Because God needed a true man of God to fulfill shoes that God would give him. Big shoes. Huge shoes. One that would trust him no matter what he faced. He needed a carpenter who could steady and insured. Very exactness and accurate. And steady. Think about this. He would be helpful for God's redemptive plan for the world. That's what he needed. He needed a righteous man who would obey God. Even when it doesn't make sense at all, he needed a righteous man. Listen, he needed a man who was sturdy. He needed a man who was steady. He needed a man who was stable and dependable. That he would be a protector of his family. Caring for both the mother and the son. God needs a man to fulfill his plan for a lost and dying world to give hope to the truly hopeless people drowning in their sin. That's all of us. He, he selected Joseph. Jesus needed a father who would teach him as he grew up. A father to provide genuine love and nurture to his adopted son as if, he were, if it were his own real son. He needed that. Mm. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? The Lord takes an ordinary man and woman and does something that is so extraordinary, it blows our minds, right? And yet he wants to do the same thing for all of you. He wants to do the same thing for you. You, data, all of you out there. Dan, all of you, all of us, ladies, gents, listen, he wants to do the same for you. We just have to do the next right thing every single day for the glory of our Lord, right? That's what we have to do. At Hills Church, listen, the reason we exist was through willful acts of obedience to what saith the Lord, amen. We wouldn't even even exist for willful, obedient acts of men and women following Jesus. We wouldn't have the people that we've ever had today. What a great crowd today. Thank the Lord for that. God is good. And listen, one day, this old boy right here, I got on my face and told Jesus, listen, whatever you, Lord, want me to do, I will do. Way back in 1987. 1987, I gave my heart and life to the Lord Jesus. I didn't just get saved and say, okay, what's next? I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? Lord, you're going to have to show me. You're going to have to teach me. You've got to lead me. You've got to guide me. You've got to fill me and show me what I need to do. And that's the same for all of us in this room today. 35 years later, here I stand humbly, but stronger in the power of Jesus because of what Jesus did in my life. It breaks my heart when I think about the way I was. Didn't even think about God. Didn't even think about, I just, happened. it just happened because it happened. I didn't die because it wasn't my time Flipping Flippantly. You ever do that? I didn't believe God either. Or I would have loved him, followed him,
1: you know what he wanted me to do.
0: But Lord, when he showed himself to me on that day in Singanella, Sicily in a hotel room, and I'm on the floor prostrate, pouring my heart out to him to change my life who would think 35 years later I'm standing in a pulpit preaching to a bunch of people I didn't think I would ever do that ever I'm grateful for what God has done grateful he wants you to be on the same kind of journey it might look a little bit different from everybody else but listen following Jesus we all have to follow Jesus we to allow him to be God in our life. Psalm 47 eight says that I said behold I come in the scroll of the book, it was written to me, I delight to do your will, oh my God. Your law is within my heart. Mary had a similar commitment. Luke 138 says, Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Are we all willing to say, Lord, I will serve you anywhere, anytime, at any cost. Are you willing to do that? He said, if you're a true follower of Jesus, you should be willing to do that. With no question. Lord, I'll go. You want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. We need to think long and hard about that. Joseph and Mary certainly couldn't have known the wonderful things that would happen to them, how humble they must have been, amen, to be chosen by the Lord to do that, serve that purpose are you not glad they obeyed? I think we're all glad they obeyed. Amen? Amen? I think so. In 2 Corinthians 9, 15, it says, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift.
1: Indescribable gift.
0: The Lord Jesus Christ who came to be our indescribable gift. Amen? That's what He did. <clears throat> Father, Father, we thank you for your precious word today. We thank Lord, that we can come to you at any time, hour, day or night. Lord, that when we have a need or a want or whatever, Lord, we can come and talk to you about it. And we can be patient, Lord, to listen for your response, to be still and know that you are God in our very lives. Lord, right now, in the moment of this time, there are a few people here, and I can't assume that all of them are saved and all of them know Jesus is saved. So, Lord, I just, I just ask, I ask all of us here today: Do we know Jesus Christ is saved? If you can't say yes to that, then you need Jesus Christ to save you. Listen, Jesus came to Earth and sinlessly took your sin. 2,000 years ago, he paid for your sin on the cross. Your sin was on his body 2,000 years ago when he died on that tree. Every one of them. You just have to come to him and say, Lord, sin, I don't think you can forgive yet, Lord, I'm alive and breathing. Lord, he will forgive you for every single sin you've ever committed. If you're alive and breathing today, say, Jesus, come into my heart. I thank you, Jesus. I trust you, Lord, as my Savior today. And God, I thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Help me
1: to
0: live my In all of you, Lord, help me to dive into your word to get to know you better. Help me, Lord, to be around people of like-minded, followers of Jesus Christ, Lord, so that I can learn about your character, learn about your will and your ways, so that I can fulfill the destiny, God, that you have designed specifically for me. Lord, I love you. I thank you for saving my soul today. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now listen, some of you, if you receive Christ as Savior today, we're going to do something here, and I encourage you to stay. We're going to have a baptism today. So give me a few minutes and we'll get back here and change. And I got a real treat for all of us in this room today. Amen? Alright, can you stick around us for a few more minutes? Baptism doesn't save you.
1: school. I went to college. I did like all of you heard about Jeremiah. I was in college when he was in college. And uh, at you college down there. they didn't lie. But anyway, I think am forced to roll.